So today, as part of our Upside Podcast series, which is powered by Sports Tech Advisors, we have the honor to interview Josh Margulies, Director of Integrated Brand Marketing for the Jacksonville Jaguar, top NFL team. So Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. This is, uh, I haven't told you, but this is my very first uh, podcast appearance. So that's, looking forward to it. That's pretty cool. So Josh, you know, what I was wanting to do today is talk about your role at the, the Jacksonville Jaguars and then the great job that your team is doing in terms of fan engagement. And I also would like to get your advice for the teams looking to offset the losses in ticket sales due to COVID-19. And then lastly, get your thoughts on your team's goals for the upcoming NFL season. So how does it sound? Sounds perfect. Excited to get going. Great. So, well, thank you, Josh. So tell us about your role as a director of integrated brand marketing for the Jacksonville Jaguar. How did you end up working for the Jaguar uh, as a director of uh, integrated brand marketing? And, and what does yeah. your typical day look like, typically? Yeah, so those are those are a lot of questions. So I'll try to take them uh, one at a time. Um, the my role as director of integrated brand marketing is interesting. It covers a number of verticals. So um, I run our social media channels. Uh, I run our app and com. I run our email marketing, uh, as well as our advertising. Um, so those are kind of the four primary verticals that I oversee. And then I'm also kind of the, the uh, head liaison between our uh, sales team and our sponsorship team. So um, that is is pretty much what, what encompasses most of, of my time. Um, I have a small staff of uh, four people. Um, and we, we have been incredibly, incredibly busy, obviously, and since uh, this, this COVID-19 has happened because um, the club has... Turned from a football team to a a um, a digital and social team more than anything else. So um, it's it's a lot of fun. Every day is is totally different. Um, you know, you ask kind of what a, what a typical day looks like. Um, yeah. You know, I'll give you kind of what yesterday looks like, which is which is pretty typical. Um, it starts the day starts between you know eight thirty nine. I usually have four or five hours of meetings minimum a day. Um, those meetings can be anything from meeting with my team. Uh, so I have, you know, catch ups and one on ones with each of my team members. Um, those can be meetings with our brand team, with the creative folks. Uh, most days I have a meeting with sales and or sponsorship. Um, yesterday I spent 40 minutes, uh, teaching the sponsorship sales team, um, how to go out and sell our new predictive gaming partnership that we're going to be launching this season. Um, you know, we also have all kinds of different committee meetings that I either sit on or lead, um, whether that's content, things around our app, um, things around podcasts that we're starting to get into. Um, so every day is a bit different, um, given the different verticals, it depends on kind of what the, what the day is. As we were leading into the draft, everything was really focused and, and, um, and, and set up around draft content uh, as we're leading into free agency. Similar, we're focused all around free agency. Most of the year is pretty cyclical with the football season. So we know, you know, this is coming at this time. The draft is here. Training camp is here, although this year that might be different. Um, you, you know, our, our sales cycle. So um, we're in the midst of our renewal campaign right now. So yesterday, one of the things that I did was built a um, renewal final two-week blitz which is um, our renewals end on June 5th this year, which is quite a bit later than, than typical. But because of COVID, we've, we've um, extended the time. And we're doing a kind of a daily campaign between email, social, digital, and app. 
Um, so I built that and shared that with our sales executive team. Uh, and that's how we'll kind of run the next two weeks. So, um, you know, we have six or seven emails that are going out as countdowns, what kind of videos that we're going to have embedded in those, what players we're going to use to excite the fan base, uh, what messaging we're using on what day, um, things like that, that we have to plan out and make sure everybody is in line and knows exactly what we're going to be doing. Um, so again, every day is different. It, it really depends on the time of season, but that's what really makes it fun being in this role is that you can do so many different things um, on a daily basis and jumping from one thing to another. The first or second question, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to answer the last question, which is kind of how did I get here? Um, interestingly, I actually started my career uh, for the first 10 years in the Bay Area in technology. So I worked in gaming. Um, I worked in uh, technology companies like Logitech. Um, and then I even built my own company for a little while. Uh, but ultimately, what I always wanted to be was in sports. And so um, my first job in sports was running marketing for the Arizona Coyotes in the NHL. Uh, and then this opportunity came up with um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as a, as a diehard, lifelong football fan, um, I was that, that rare person whose dream was not to play sports, but to be the CMO of the 49ers when I was a little kid. Um, thought this was a great opportunity to get to that, that next step and, and be part of the NFL, which is, you know, kind of the Google of professional sports. Um, and, uh, had the opportunity to come in and, and run a number of functions and it was uh, too good of an opportunity to pass up. So that's kind of what I'm doing here. And this is going to be my fourth season with the Jaguars. That's pretty cool. Well, it's not like you're really busy. So, uh, <laughs> right. And then you mentioned the 49ers. We, you know, I'm happen to be a good friend with Roger Craig for the 49ers. So, uh, I'm sure you, you grew up watching him. You know, <laughs> I did. The, the, the high legs, the high knees. I actually have a football in my office here in Florida that's signed by Roger Craig, Ronnie Lott, and uh, Jerry Rice. So, it's one of my prized possessions. It's a football that was used in the Super Bowl uh, 25 years ago, and, and or actually, I think about 35 years ago, uh, and signed by those, you know, Hall of Famers, or in Roger's case, should be Hall of Famer. It should be, right? You would Absolutely. Think. First uh, thousand thousand running back. I don't understand how he's not. I know he's frustrated. I just yeah. know that. Sure. Uh, well, so he's got great. my support. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, hey, based on recent reports, uh, I saw that your team are leading the way in the NFL in terms of fan engagement, uh, I believe. So can you tell us more about that and why do you think that is and what are the best practices to successfully engage with a fan, especially right now where the fans are just you know, desperate to really engage with the players and the team, right? Yeah. So let me clarify that a little bit, just because I don't want to, I don't want to overshoot where we stand. The, I think the report you're talking to came from Zoom, which was monitoring fan engagement during um, the schedule release, uh, which the schedule release for those who don't know, has become kind of a, it's like the Academy Awards of, of social, um, for, for, for social folks um, in sports, especially in football. So every year, all 32 teams kind of put out these crazy videos um, trying to capture everyone's attention as soon as the, the schedule is released. Uh, and this year, we were fortunate enough to be number one in terms of fan engagement, which is pretty incredible because if you look across the NFL, we're actually the smallest franchise in terms of a fan base on social. 
Um, you know, we've, we've been 32nd. We're trying to catch up. We, we, we obviously want to be higher, but as one of the newest franchises, only being 25 and a half years old, 26 years old this coming season, um, you know, we're a little bit behind some of the iconic franchises in the NFL. So for us to kind of outperform all of those franchises in terms of engagements and, and, and impressions and things like that, um, for the schedule release was, was quite an honor. What we did this year, um, so we have this, this kind of running joke with schedule release that um, every year we, we're kind of trying to brainstorm a new concept, a new idea, something that's going to catch people's attention. And we always start with Puppy Baby Monkey. If you remember that <laughs> that commercial um, from from back in the day, you know everybody loves puppies, everybody loves babies, and everyone loves monkeys. Um, so two years ago or three years ago now, we actually did a schedule release that was all babies. That was incredibly popular. Um, this year, we, we noticed a lot of teams in the last couple of years had used dogs. And so we switched puppies to kitties and uh, came up with a, a unique angle on... <laughs> I don't know if... Is swearing allowed on your podcast? Or is uh, it... Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't uh, mind. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a, not a bad word, but the joke of it was cats are assholes was kind of the, ah. the mentality that we went into. So we're cats, we're big cats, we're apex predators, we're the ones who kind of dominate the, um, the wild, right? And so the idea was really cute cats being jerks, whether that's to other people or other cats or other inanimate objects. And we were able to find enough clips through YouTube and Giphy where we made our entire schedule with cats being jerks. And each team, they were being a jerk to a different team. So, for example, for the Tennessee Titans, they closed another cat into a guitar case, right? For the, the Baltimore Ravens, a cat actually kind of punches a raven and the raven runs off. For the Minnesota Twins, which might have been my favorite one, it was uh, a cat jumps on this little kid who's dressed in a full snow outfit. It's all purple. Uh, so it looks like a Minnesota Viking fan and he jumps on the kid's kind of, uh, hoodie and the kid kind of topples over into the snow, um, like the kid from a Christmas story. Um, and so all of these were incredibly funny. We didn't take ourselves too seriously. We were just trying to have fun, especially at this time of COVID-19. We didn't want to bring people down. We wanted to give them a laugh. Our goal was to make people smile. Literally, when we went into this, we said, you know, what angle do we want to take? What's the tone of this? And it's to bring, you know, 90 seconds of joy to people's lives in a time where that's been a lot harder. Um, and I think we, we really succeeded. I mean, we have, I think, over a million views of the video wow. across our platforms, which is, I think, the most successful uh, single video we've ever done as a club. Um, the engagements and the comments were hysterical. I mean, people, it's, it's always great as a social and digital person when people say, hey, you need to give these guys a raise, you know, when you see that in the comments. Yeah. Um, you know, and the performance was not just local. Uh, it was national. So, you know, we... There was actually an ESPN um, uh, push notification that sent people our our video, which was pretty great because um, we didn't set that, that up. And then ESPN put it on their channels uh, and actually only told us about it after. Um, so it got it got brought up um, all over the place. I think it was on Good Morning Football. Uh, it was referenced in numerous different locations, and so that, that was that was really exciting for us and and well worth kind of all the hard work and hours of losing ourselves in uh in youtube cat videos which is shocking how many thousands and perhaps millions of those there are yeah people love like cats and videos <laughs> stuff like that i guess hey so we've yeah. got about 10 minutes i uh, think remaining so what do you what advice would you give to any teams looking to offset uh, losses in ticket sales due to COVID 19 i mean how do you think like social media digital strategy can help 
there based on your experience and years of experience in the NFL, for example? Yeah, it's a great question. And honestly, it's the number one thing that we've talked about for the last two and a half, three months. Um, you know, there's a chance that, that football comes back without fans in the stadium. And how do you, um, how do you make up for the loss of revenue between the ticket sales and the sponsorship revenue of, you know, the, the ads that go on in the stadium? Um, and so, um, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we've become a social and digital company overnight. Um, you know, we immediately when COVID hit started to think of alternate content that, um, would be highly engaging for our fans and sponsorable. So we came out within the first couple of weeks with something called 904 workouts, which was our strength and conditioning coach, um, teaching at home workouts with his daughter. So his daughter happens to be a, a a part-time employee on our staff and she was the guinea pig who did the workouts and our strength and conditioning coach um, was teaching our fans with three and four minute workouts exactly uh, what you could do from your own backyard using nothing but um, stuff that you would find at your house. Really cool. uh, we had our, our, we had our head of nutrition, uh, Mindy Black, we had her do something called Easy Eats where we put together um, twice weekly um, recipes that could be made in only a few minutes for all the parents and families who were now at home and having to cook meals that they weren't used to having to cook. Um, so those were just some of it. And now as we get closer to the season, we've actually created um, a number of committees um, within, within our club. And it was an idea from a couple of our executives. And the idea was that we need to find new ways to create revenue. So let's open this up to everybody in the staff. This could be people on the events team, marketing team, sales team, sponsorship team, um, legal team, uh, finance. It doesn't matter. And you're all invited to this kind of group-wide brainstorm. And we had over 95 people on the first uh, brainstorm. I think we only have 120 or 130 front office staff. So two, three quarters of our staff came to these brainstorms. Um, we then broke it out into a number of different groups. So we broke it out into app. We broke it out into um, new types of game day experience. We broke it out into new television shows that we could create. And now we have 95 to 100 people all working down this parallel path of trying to create great new content. Um, and so some of the, the themes that we're looking at or some of the types of, of content are podcasts, photography, video, radio, TV shows, games, print, articles, and interviews. Um, and like from a thematic standpoint, it's things like behind the scenes, exclusive, lifestyle, um, game day entertainment, if there's no fans in the, in the, in the bowl, um, educational, like we, we launched our kids corner, um, while we're here, what can we do with local kids? Um, and then fan focused and community focused, um, types of content. And so we're in the early stages now of building out all kinds of new pieces of content and content can be like I mentioned, it doesn't have to be video. It could be print. It could be podcast. It could like we're on here. Um, it could be, you know, anything that entertains. And our goal is to come out with all of these so that we have new sponsorship revenue opportunities to provide to our, our sponsorship team who might not be able to make revenue for having in bowl signage this year. Yeah, and in bowl signage yeah. makes up a huge yeah. portion of the revenue every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think, and I, I should introduce you to a company called Live CGI. Uh, the guy who built the company is a former ESPN executive. He worked for ESPN for 15 years, I think. And he basically built, you know, the kind of the virtual studio, like ESPN studio type with yes. the avatar. Yep. And he, 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 he built a virtual studio for the NBA 2K League. 
That's what they've been using. Oh, wow. So, and the stuff that you actually build, you just need a laptop, basically. So a player could be streaming and it looks like his own TV show with sponsorships, like, you know, on ESPN, right? You've got the sponsors on the top, on the side, and you can manipulate screen, virtual screens on both sides. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not just ridiculous. Like, I don't know how it's like CGI, right? So special right. effects and everything, but I think that would be really cool for you guys to actually use that technology for the thing. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to look into it. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's no idea kind of too small or too big right now. Um, we we're trying to look at the world in kind of three different ways. There's, there's the no fans in the stadium. There's, you know, some amount of fans, 25 to 50% of fans in the stadium or, you know, God willing full stadiums. And we're trying to plan accordingly, um, to those different scenarios. And so, um, some of this content will happen no matter what, because it really just brought great ideas to the forefront. Um, and some of it's more dependent on, on what is the world looking like in, in three or four months when the football season is supposed to start, yeah. right? How can we, if we know that our fans are no, not in the bowl, but are at home, how can we create a full second screen experience that makes them feel like they're in the bowl, right? Could we have the prompts play on their, their app? you know, where we're getting people excited or screaming Duval um, or having players kind of jump into their app and, and wave their hands up in the air like we would in bowl to kind of recreate what they're missing, not being there. Right. Yeah. So those are the things that we're really trying. Um, we're really, really trying to get after uh, and plan, you know, accordingly. So it, it's been a fun, it's been a challenge. It's been a fun challenge. It's added you know, seven, eight hours of meetings each week uh, over the last couple of weeks and, and moving forward. But it's it's what has to be done right now, just given the uncertainty um, of, of the sports landscape. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So look, we've got four minutes left, but I got two, four, two last questions. One is about the virtual draft, right? So what was it like to go through the virtual draft and how did your organization prepare for it? And then my last question is, what are your goals for the year for your team uh, in the upcoming NFL season, and how are you guys preparing for that? With the but you know, with the possibility that you will not see the fans in you know in the stadiums, right? For a while. Yeah. Um, and if we go a couple minutes over, I'm okay at least on my side. Yeah. Um, so for the first question, the the virtual draft. The virtual draft was something that none of us had ever experienced before. Obviously, it was incredibly. Um, nerve wracking going into it just because there was so much unknown. Was the technology going to work? Right. Was everything, was everyone going to be able to communicate? And look, I'm not on the football side. So their experience was different. Um, you know, I wasn't at the home of Dave Caldwell or GM or coach yeah. Marone, our head coach. Um, they were just dealing with their own stresses. But for us, we went from having a, um, you know, a party every year at our facility where we have 10 to 12,000 people to trying to figure out how we could do that virtually. Right. So how do we create a virtual party to get people excited for the draft? So that was what our team was working on. And we didn't know if it was going to work or how it would go or if people would want to tune in. And we were thrilled when, you know, we were able to produce our first ever IG live show. Uh, we, we brought in a local, uh, entertainer slash influencer who happens to be a huge Jags fan. And he interviewed, um, our coach, different players. Um, as they were getting ready for the draft and it was, it was really well received. It went off, um, as well as we could have hoped. There were, you know, a technical glitch here and there where he wasn't able to bring a, uh, a, a guest on when he was, when, when we wanted him because the, the IG live wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the fun that you have, you know, flying by the seat of your pants in this digital, in this digital age, which is so different. 
Um, but it, it did take a lot of preparation. I mean, I will say we did more practicing and prepping for that weekend than ever before. We also made sure that everyone had very specific defined jobs because we were all in our homes, right? So funny enough, like I don't usually have a, a, a kind of a in the weeds job on, on draft day. This year, my job was to literally watch every minute of draft coverage on ESPN and NFL network so that I could pull quotes from the air that I could get over to our graphics team that they could put on our IG graphics, you know, within an hour of that pick being drafted. You know, other people were pulling stats. Other people were doing the interviews. Other people were designing and creating. And we had five different designers working on different, um, different mediums, whether it's, you know, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or YouTube. So it was a full team effort. Everyone was, you know, working the entire draft. Um, and it, it really went off better than we could have ever hoped. Um, and I think it was all based on the preparation that we put into it. And then I think your last question, uh, and I'll try to go quickly, which is our goals for the upcoming season. So yeah. I've mentioned them a couple of times. I mean, goal number one is to try to be as flat, you know, to our revenue goals as possible. Like we all know we're not going to exceed those goals this year, but we're trying to save as much as we can. How do we, how do we be as whole as we can? You know, the goal of this company was to keep everyone employed and, and, yeah. you know, I'm so thankful for, to the club that, you know, we've not had any layoffs. Nobody's lost their job during this time, which is different than a lot of people can say. And that's been our number one goal. And so as we go into the year, we got to try to make up the, the revenue. And so that's why we're trying to be creative with how we do it. Um, I would say, you know, another one of our goals is to constantly entertain, uh, our fans. Um, that's, that's the same every year, but how we go about doing it might be different. So this year we're going to launch, um, predictive gaming and we're going to come out with three games that you can play exclusively on, on the Jaguars app. Um, so that's a project that I'm leading and incredibly excited to be, to be heading up. Um, we're going to hopefully add AR to our app. Interesting. Um, or, you know, so we're doing all these things with the, the goal of entertaining and with the thought that we might need to entertain them on their phone or on their computer instead of in, in the bowl. Um, so that's kind of what we have in our, in our mindset and, and giving people an escape too, right? If people want the news and they want to go through, uh, and, and know everything that's going on in the world, that's up to them and, and we encourage it, but we want to be an escape to them at a time where, you know, there are no sports to escape to. So we're trying to keep that in our, our framework as well. Yeah, well, it looks like uh, you got some really uh, ambitious goals, and I really hope you hit those goals and and you can offset some of that revenue loss. But I think you're on the right track. So, look, I you know we're at the end of the interview, but I want to thank you for your time. It's been very insightful. So thank you. Absolutely, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to, uh, to to take on my first podcast. So enjoyed it, and I appreciate the uh, the time and the questions. Thank you. Uh, to, to take on my first podcast. So enjoyed it and I appreciate the, uh, the time and the questions.